Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy here along with Scotty White with you tonight on Tuesday, March 22nd as we head into Wednesday, March 23rd. And for the fifth consecutive time, Michigan's going to be playing in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. So we've got a lot of fun to talk about. It's a preview for the weekend on the way. Scotty White, what's going on, man? How you doing here today? I'm doing great, man. Um, I mean, what a game on Saturday. Uh, I just, I want, I definitely was not ready for this season to come to an end. Um, so the past few days have been great just watching highlights from the game. Um, and I, I am so excited for Thursday. It can't come soon enough. You know, I feel like we talked about this a little bit, Scotty, earlier in the year, right? And we talked about when Michigan season was kind of hanging in the balance there. We had mentioned just, how much more fun the entire month is and particularly the NCAA tournament when your team is playing and when they make a run. There, there's just something about that, right? Getting that extra week, knowing it could very well come to an end against Villanova on Thursday. But it, just something about making it to that second weekend and make it a run into the NCAA tournament. There's nothing like winning that second game knowing you're going to the Sweet 16 and you've got a whole nother week to look forward to your favorite team in a March tour to Final Four. Dude, it's the best. Like after the first, the first win's great, but you know that you've got the next one in just two days. You're, you're already thinking about it, starting to stress about it. But the, at, when, you, when that Saturday win happened, it's just like, oh, I can take a deep breath. I can relax. I don't have to worry about the season ending till Thursday. And now I get to spend the next few days 
excited watching highlights. It's, it's, it's just such a great feeling. And if they can extend the season another week into the final four weekend, I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. Yeah, absolutely, man. You get the entire week to like look back on it. You know, I, I got to went through and watch the, you know, extended highlights a couple of times from the Tennessee game. Cause it was just so much fun to watch. And, you start reading all the breakdowns of your upcoming opponent on Thursday after, you know, Villanova won on Sunday. And it is, man. You get to extend the fun a little bit, you know. And yeah. it's something that five straight Sweet 16s is something that I would have never kind of dreamed of being a Michigan basketball fan growing up you know uh one of the first Michigan basketball games I ever attended was in the early 2000s Lavelle Blanchard was on the team and they weren't you know all that great in those years they were somewhat competitive then they they got to like the Daniel Horton and the Courtney Sims era under Tommy Amaker I was a huge Daniel Horton fan and you know I I thought they were going to make the tournament they ended up winning the NIT one time and I was like man I remember the NIT run and, and thinking how much fun would it be to to have an extended run like that in the NCAA tournament and and I never thought that we would ultimately get there. You know, when, when John Beeline took over the program, the, the entire kind of mindset for me was just make the tournament first and foremost, right? And and build a program that can at least consistently make the tournament. A, a team that's made it to the second weekend, five years in a row, two Final Fours and National Championship games in a decade. It's literally something that I never could have dreamed of in, in those days. And I never could have imagined that it would be so much fun to go on runs like this in the NCAA tournament. Because I remember State doing it, you know, all the time during those years, especially the late 2000s, 2005, 2009, 2010, stuff like that. Um, And I remember those, and I was like, man, how much fun would it be, you know, if if Michigan was able to do this? And and they've been doing it, man, and it doesn't get old at all. You'd think you'd get used to the, the Sweet 16s and playing in the second weekend. And I know Sweet 16 obviously isn't the entire goal, but playing into that second weekend is a ton of fun, and I never imagined that Michigan would be doing it five times in a row, and I'm glad that we're along for the ride. Dude, five years in a row to the Sweet 16, it's something special. I mean, you look at the other schools that have these kind of, I mean, it's just Gonzaga. They're the only other school with five straight Sweet 16 runs. They're the only school with more tournament wins than Michigan in that span. I think they've, they've got 24, Michigan's got 23. Um it's and I don't care if Michigan was preseason number six and this is the expectation. It is impressive to go to five straight Sweet Sixteens. It doesn't matter what program program you are, what the preseason expectations are. It is very impressive. And yeah, dude, like I was young, but I remember those years where Michigan basketball was struggling. And I remember some of those first tournaments Michigan went to. Um, you know, when they they actually I remember them beating Tennessee in an eight nine game. And just getting there and getting that one win was still so exciting for me. And like you said, I never imagined, I mean, two national championship runs in, in recent memory, it, it, and it really just doesn't get old, dude. It's, it's the best thing. Um, and I, it's an 11 seed this year too, and being able to get to Sweet 16, it's just, I feel like that added on. I, I really didn't have the highest hopes against Tennessee, I'm going to be honest. And, and we kind of talked about that with the Michigan-Ohio State game, just like, not in football, not having all of those hopes and then still being able to come out and get the win almost just makes it that much better. Right. And, you know, it's funny because we talked about 
since early February, Michigan hadn't won two games in a row. And I don't know if it was a joke or not. Hunter Dickinson mentioned that they scrimmaged the managers to to get the loss out of the way. So <laughs> I don't know if he was joking or if they legit like had a ritual because I would respect that. I'm a superstitious guy. You know what I'm saying? So if, oh, yeah. they, if they literally had like kind of a faux scrimmage where they had the managers beat them to get, them, get that loss out of the way, I'd respect the hell out of that, to be quite honest oh, yeah. with you. Dude, I, yeah, totally. I'm very superstitious as well. I mean, I'm going to be honest, that 2013 run, I wore the same clothes for every game without <laughs> washing the clothes. Hell I, yeah. I'm going to be honest. Way dude, to, way to commit, too, Scotty White. I, I like care. it. It's, it's gone. Um, it's, it's been different. In, in 2018, I, sw- I switched it up a little bit. Um, this year, I'm just wearing the same jersey. But I mean, dude, I'm very superstitious so if that if that works they got to keep doing it that's right man and it worked on saturday that was it was it was an up and down game obviously uh you know michigan got out to the great start 10 to 2 uh, just some weird things happened in that game. You know, I give Devontae Jones a lot of credit for for playing through it, but he kind of took a hit in the head uh, early on. Had to go out early, obviously. He wasn't able to do much. Had a layup early on and a couple of rebounds and a few assists. He actually ended with three assists in 11 minutes, which was uh, nice to see. But yeah. again, man, the, the emergence of Frankie Collins, who had to be brought in and played 30 minutes, and he didn't have the offensive output like he had against Colorado State in the first round, but he was effective out there there he was playing solid defense he was running the offense for Michigan and ultimately that's what you need in March like is it nice to have a guard you know like Mike Smith who, who might go off for a big game or, or Trey Burke or Derek Walton where these guys are leading you offensively right mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome but you also need a guy that's going to be able to take care of the ball a little bit and run your offense two turnovers in 30 minutes against a, a Tennessee team that can really pressure you on the perimeter. I was really impressed once again for Frankie Collins, even though he had an impact on the game completely different than than the one he had on the Colorado State game. So, I mean, guard play is the biggest indicator of success in March. And if Frankie Collins, and uh, if we'll see what happens with Devontae Jones, if he's going to be back for the Villanova game, um, you know, as long as Frankie can, can come in, give you a hefty minutes and not turn the ball over, Michigan is going to be in decent shape in a lot of games against a lot of teams. Yeah, dude, Frankie, that's the thing. Like, just because he didn't score a lot of points, I feel like a lot of times people just assume that he didn't have a great game. But, dude, I mean, yeah, running the offense, you don't – that's what good guards can do. They can run the offense. They don't necessarily – Eli Brooks has had some amazing games this year. He hasn't scored a lot of points. Um and he just so happened to have uh, the game of his life on Saturday with, with 23. Um, and yeah, dude, this was all against Tennessee, whose Ken Palm ranking is third in adjusted defense. Um, it's, it's crazy impressive. And, you know, I actually didn't even get to watch the game because I was flying to Florida. So the first half I totally missed. Um, and the second half I was able to watch some of it, the, uh, the the reception wasn't doing wasn't doing great, so it was a bit choppy. But I was able to watch some of the second half on my phone. I ended up having my calling my friend and having him like narrate the end of the game for me. It was it was insane, but I, I did get to watch um, extended highlights, uh, uh, so I, I saw the whole game on replay, and that was that was a crazy game, man. I I did not feel good with about ten minutes left in that game. 
No, I, I didn't either, man. My nerves would have been way too bad, by the way, going through what you went through for that. Oh, I dude, would have been bad. freaking out. Bad. I'm not going to lie to you, man. <laughs> I'm like walking through the airport, like almost hitting every person that yeah. I'm walking by. Like it was, I was not a fan of what was happening. <laughs> no, dude, I, I would have I would have found a bar or something just like I need to, I, I need something. Give me just yeah. give me a taste. You know what I'm saying? But right. no, uh, you, you mentioned Eli Brooks kind of having one of the games of his life. I mean, he was phenomenal uh, against Tennessee, as, of course, was Hunter Dickinson. Man, he's got 48 points through the first two games. Dude has been unstoppable. 27-11 and 11 against Tennessee. I mean, it, it, some of the shots he was hitting, he knocked down a couple of threes early, but in the second half when Michigan needed him most, when they needed a bucket, it was one of those two guys that was stepping up. They went and scored 76 points against what is now the number three rated uh, adjusted defensive team, uh, according to Ken Palm. They were number two going into the game. They scored 76 points. Caleb Houston didn't score a point. He was 0 for 3 from 3 and 0 for 4 from the field, and they still put up 76 in a win without their five-star top-rated recruit Caleb Houston scoring a single point. I mean, that was remarkable. I did not think Michigan had a chance, particularly in the second half. I said Caleb Houston is going to need to do something like he did against Colorado State when they needed him most and knock down a couple of threes, get Michigan back into it, and get them a lead. He, he didn't do it, but Eli Brooks knocked down big shots. Hunter Dickinson knocked down big shots. Musa had a great game with 13 and 6 as well, man. He hit a couple of timely shots down low in the post. Uh, Terrence Williams, the two biggest plays of the game, bar oh, yeah. none. I got to give Terrence Williams his due. 14 minutes, but man, did he make those count down the stretch two Damn. times, flying in on missed shots for offensive rebound putbacks that kept Michigan afloat and ultimately was able to get them over the top to win the game. Terrence Williams was unreal down the stretch of that game. Dude, that's that is the biggest thing that I noticed watching that game or watching the the highlights. I was like shocked seeing Terrence Williams come through. Those were huge plays. His three in the first half too. Yeah, he comes in. He makes his minutes count every single time, man. He comes up with some huge plays. Dude, he he legit is like a, a microwave. You know, I, yeah. I I know that nickname's been taken, but he that's exactly what he reminds me of because he does not need to warm up to get hot. Dude, it's nope. immediate. You know, and. No one on planet Earth plays with more confidence than Terrence Williams. No one. Oh yeah, he is a confident guy, dude. He gets an, he gets a semi open look. He's taking it. Um, I also did notice that we ha- we we finally had another game where Michigan shot between twenty five percent and forty percent from three. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness, man. They they were close to getting above forty, but you know yeah. they 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 shot it pretty well, though it didn't feel like it uh, because. Dickinson made two early on in that, uh, I believe, in the 10-2 start, right? So uh, they went 6 of 16. Uh, that was two of them there. Uh, I think Eli hit. an early one, too. Hit, yeah, I, th- I think so, too. So, yeah, it, it didn't feel like it, Scotty, after the start. I'll tell you what, man. I was like, good Lord. And then Tennessee, obviously, they didn't shoot the three well, right? But And I've seen people talk. They went 2 of 18. You're, you're going to have a tough time scoring a lot of points when you shoot t- 2 of 18 from three. But my goodness, man. They could not miss a mid-range jumper. Their 14 to 17-foot jump shots were money all night. I felt like that more than enough made up for the lack of three-point shooting that they had because they couldn't miss from the mid-range, and it was getting incredibly annoying, though. I mean, if you're going to give me one option, I suppose, I'm probably going to rather have you hit mid-range, tough mid-range jump shots than have you hit threes, but it was still... uh, Michigan was playing some good defense, man, and Tennessee could not miss from the 12 to you know, 18 foot range. 
Right, dude. I mean, you look through their their players. They've got some some guys who hit nine shots and five shots. They're not making threes. They're all just for mid-range, dude. Oh, my God. They were not missing those. Um, yeah, I mean, got to give the, the, the defense some credit, too, to, yep. to stopping them on the, the three-point line. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the mid-range, I think you're right. I think it definitely more than made up for it. Um, and, and another thing that I – that I saw, I think this is probably my favorite play that I noticed when I was watching the replay. Uh, I think it was Plavzik on their team. Oh he yeah, he, he went he went with the too small on Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? And then he gets dunked on the very next possession and fouls him. I thought that was hilarious, and he let Hunter Dickinson score twenty seven points. Yeah. That was hilarious to me. Like, what are you doing, man? I mean, you haven't stopped Hunter all night, and you finally score a point. Like you ended up with nine. Relax, yeah. buddy. You know. I think, dude, that's just and to do that to, to Hunter, man, that's not who you do that to. That fuels him. He feed, he feeds off of that stuff. Yeah. Also, um, Musa, dude, going to the line late in that game oh, with a chance to ice the game, and he steps up cold blooded and knocks down two of them. And he's like yeah. a sixty-two percent free throw shooter. Hey, he's not a great free throw shooter. He's not a great mid-range shooter. That was clutch, dude. I was nerve. I was on the phone with my friend. He said Moose is going to line for two. I was nervous. Buried them both, dude. That's clutch, and that's a problem Michigan's had in the past. It's hitting those free throws down the stretch, and they were they nailed them. Sixteen to twenty in the game, man. I mean, that at the end of the day, that's the difference. If they yeah. if they don't shoot that well, Tennessee likely goes on to win. I know I'm you know I'm Michigan won by eight. I'm not doing it. Exact math because that's not how the game would have went. You know, Michigan obviously went to the line down the stretch due to Tennessee fouls, but Michigan, if they shoot, you know, 65, 70%, we're, we're probably talking about a whole different game. We might be talking about the recap of the season at this point, man. Knocking down your free yep. throws is going to be imperative, obviously, moving forward. And I know that's cliche to say, but at the end of the day, man, it, it's what got Michigan the victory here uh, against Tennessee. Yeah, and dude, that's that's one of those things where if you're making a run in March and you want to get to the Final Four, I mean, those are the things that win and lose games. You gotta you gotta hit your free throws. And another thing that Michigan still needs to to get a little better on, and this could end up costing them a game, is these turnovers. Oh my goodness, man! They uh, fifteen turnovers. It can't happen. The fact that they got away with fifteen turnovers to beat that team. I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing. Obviously, you know, the the free throws in the three-point shooting had a little something to do with that. Eli's got to really be better. Uh, Devontae Jones, two turnovers in 11 minutes. Just that That's just not good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, and Tennessee only had seven. I mean, that, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't have 15 to seven in a turnover battle and expect to consistently win. Like, that is dodging a major bullet there. And, and at the end of the day... Uh, you're going to be playing a team that can at times turn you over and they don't turn the ball over uh, Villanova. Yeah. You know, they're, they're 31st in the country in turnover percentage that uh, they're not going to turn it over. So you can't, you cannot waste possessions because as we look forward to Villanova here, you know, a, a couple of big things that, that I look at possessions are going to be limited here in this game. Uh, <laughs> Michigan, Michigan doesn't play very fast, but they look like, you know, the, the UNLV running Rebels compared to how fast Villanova plays. You know, Michigan, yeah. uh, they're about 202nd in the country, 17-and-a-half-second uh, possession uh, uh, length. Villanova, man, 345th at adjusted tempo. 
on the year uh, out of 358 wow. teams. One of the slowest wow. teams in the country that are going to run their half-court offense. And it's a concern for Michigan as well because, you know, Michigan defensively at times has struggled a little bit, particularly with the high pick and roll. It's caused Michigan a lot of problems when they yeah. pull Hunter away from the basket and they, they put him into situations. Villanova, they're not very big, man, but but they've got a lot of slashers, a lot of ball handlers out there, a lot of guys that can get past you like Tennessee was able to do quite a bit in the second half of that game uh, against Michigan. So that's going to be a, a key factor here is Michigan cannot turn the ball over, and what are they going to do defensively? Now, because you take a look at the makeup of this Villanova team, right? Um, they're, not, they're just not very big. They go. Yeah. They got a couple of six seven guys. Brandon Slater, Jermaine Samuels. Uh, they're both six seven. Eric Dixon is six eight. Other than that, they don't go any bigger than six eight. They they've got a yeah. couple six seven guys, and they go six eight. Michigan is going to have a distinct height advantage with Hunter Dickinson and Musa Diabate. But on the flip side of that is how do you defend Villanova with these guys? I would not be surprised to see Michigan implore a lot of that 2-3 zone that we've seen. I, I yeah. think they're going to almost need uh, to do that if they're going to play Hunter and Musa out there at the same time. Yeah, I think that they, they've looked good with the zone. I think that that definitely will be something they'll go to for this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was looking through Villanova's roster. I mean, the, the tallest player on their roster is 6-9. And like you said, that they that actually play at six eight, um, and so yeah, it'll it'll be tough to guard. Um, but Michigan really needs to take advantage of that with the rebounding, and it, it they'll be tough to guard. But they can more than make up for it on the offensive side with the height advantage. I mean, Hunter has been absolutely insane. No, no matter who he's playing, even if he's going up against seven foot guys. Someone that's six eight guarding him the whole game. I think that. I th- think we've got uh, an opportunity for a 30-piece from out in this one. Yeah, uh, no question. But Villanova does. Uh, they double uh, quite a bit on post-touches, mm-hmm. and that's where the turnover thing comes in. Hunter is definitely one of the best passers in the country uh, out of mm-hmm. the double team. There's no question. But then the question comes up, Scotty, is which Michigan team is going to show up? Because we've seen Michigan put on a Tennessee-esque performance you know, a few times from deep. Uh, the Wisconsin game comes to mind when they were 2-for-20. Yep. There's going to be opportunities with good ball movement. Michigan's probably going to get open perimeter shots because they're going to play through Hunter and the doubles are going to come and he's going to be able to pass out of the double. I mean, he's good. He's one of the best. He's going to be able to see over everyone, obviously, at 7-1. They don't have yep. a guy over that they really play over 6-8. Uh, they're going to have opportunities from outside of the arc. Can Michigan knock down shots? That's probably going to be the biggest key. If they shoot above 40%, I think there's a really good chance Michigan goes to the Elite Eight. But if, I mean, if this is a team, you know, if if Caleb Houston does not score in this game, I, I don't know if they can win two in a row without it. He's got to be yeah. better for, at, at shooting the basketball. He, he's got to give a Colorado State-esque performance here. Yeah, dude, that, that can't happen again. I mean, the fact, I mean, dude, someone tells us before the Tennessee game that Caleb Houston's going to score zero points and the turnover battle is going to be 15-7 to seven in favor of Tennessee. I'm thinking we're losing that game by 20 points. That's not going to result in, in many wins again. I honestly am shocked that it did against a team like as good as Tennessee. Um, but you're right, dude. I mean, the, I, I really thought Tennessee was really underseated. And that was the, the, the matchup that I was most concerned about Michigan having in their region. Um, and I, I really think that, you know, they can, they can, they can beat them. They can beat anybody. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, Caleb's got to be hitting those threes, dude. Like the double's going to come. He's going to get open looks. It, it just can't have a repeat of what happened on Saturday. Yeah, and then I also wonder, you know, what Michigan is is going to do with Hunter Dickinson because at the end of the day, he he at one point was one of your top three point shooters. He went three of five against Tennessee. He shoots it at a thirty three point three percent clip from deep on the mm-hmm. year. Does Hunter Dickinson? He is you know one of the better three point shooters you have. And, and and I wonder if there's going to be a little cat and mouse. Obviously, if you could get it to Hunter Dickinson on the low block, he's absolutely going to eat on Thursday. But also, if you run it through Musa, you know, Musa's more than capable of scoring. They're probably not going to single cover Musa in the post. If they do, let him go to work. But if he doubles, I mean, we're probably going to see a lot of the offense run through Musa down low and then have Hunter out there capable of hitting a three-pointer as well, along with Eli Brooks and Caleb Houston, which I think could be a pretty viable strategy. Yeah, I like that, honestly, because... Moose is not going to be hitting threes if, if the double comes to Hunter. Um, so, I mean, going through Musa and having an extra player out there that's capable of shooting the three, I think is, is actually a really good strategy. I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them go with that. Yeah, and uh, defensively, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, Villanova, man, free throw shooting, they're the best in the country. And they yeah. are, I believe they're on pace to set a record, an NCAA tournament record. But they shoot, as a team, on the year, 82.6% from the free throw line. Wow. You have to keep them off the line. You absolutely yeah. have to. Now, they don't get there a ton. Uh, they rank about 170th uh, in free throw uh, attempts uh, compared to field goal attempts. Um, so, it... it I don't know if they attack. Michigan is kind of susceptible to fouling at times. Uh, we yeah. we know that. Sometimes they can play a little undisciplined, but they can also play really disciplined. I mean, they held Tennessee to only 12 free throw attempts on the game, and Tennessee was attacking the basket. They have the capability of being disciplined, but again, this has been the theme all year. I, I'm not confident in which Michigan team is going to show up on Thursday. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it, it was it was definitely good to see two wins in a row, obviously. Um, but you know, it's still, it's still, it was just two games in a row. The the, the inconsistency has still been there. Um, we 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 always won't know which team is going to show up. Um, but yeah, I feel like having a smaller lineup for Villanova. I mean, like like against Colorado State, Michigan. That you know, that was a team that didn't go down low a lot. Um, around the perimeter for the most part. And Michigan did a really good job of not following and not setting the middle line. Um, and, and Villanova, with their smaller lineup, um, I, I wouldn't assume that they're going to send a lot of their 6'8", 6'7", guys at Dickinson down low. Um, so if that's the case, I, I definitely like Michigan's chances to keep them off the line. Well, and then you bring up Colorado State. Uh, here's another unfortunate thing is that Villanova shoots a pretty good from deep. They're just yeah. outside the top 50 in three-point percentage at 36.2%. Like, they can knock it down. If they do what Colorado State was able to do early on, Michigan's in for a long night. Yeah, they can. They've got a lot of shoes. I mean, Gillespie, feel like he's been there forever. By also. the way, dude, does he not remind you of Archie Diacono off the national championship team? Oh and, then, and then they have a whole other Archie Diacono. Uh, oh, my goodness. I just butchered that. Uh, Archie Diacono. Oh, I, why can I not talk right now? Scotty <laughs> White. 
Oh, my God. Archie Diacono. My goodness. They got a whole nother one of him coming off the bench and his brother Chris. Like, Gillespie reminds me just like the older brother, and now here they got the younger brother, and I, I don't know. I can't keep him up. It's like they are like with these guards that look like Archie Diacono. That they're like Purdue with yes. their bigs, dude. They just create them in a lab. I know, dude. I was literally thinking the exact same thing when I was looking at Villanova's roster and what they did this year. And I have, I've always thought that thing about Gillespie and, and Archie Diacono. Like they, they are the exact same. And yeah, I was looking through the roster. I was like, I was like, that, that dude was on the national championship team. I looked up and see it was his brother, but yeah, dude, they, yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing about Purdue. It's, those, they, they just keep coming. It's never ending. It, they literally make them in a lab. It's they unbelievable. I, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, they got the guards. They have the shooters. Like, this is this is a damn good Villanova team, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, and obviously we know that, right? Jay Wright has built a phenomenal program. But they're also uh, somewhat similar. So th- this is a different matchup in the sense that Tennessee's offense, you know, wasn't as efficient as Villanova's, but Villanova's defense isn't nearly as efficient as Tennessee. So it's it's two different styles. Uh, just Villanova, Michigan's defense is going to be put to the test a lot more than they were against Tennessee, which I, kind of scares me a little bit, given that they gave up 68 to Tennessee, and, and that was a team that only shot two of 18 from deep. So mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned about how Michigan's going to defend, though. I, like I said, I wouldn't mind... And I kind of expect to see a little more zone uh, than we've seen in a lot of games here this year. Because when Michigan's gone to that 2-3, they've been pretty effective out of it. And and at the end of the day, they're likely to get good rebounds. You know, Villanova's pretty good on the offensive glass. They're about 75th in the country. But Michigan is 35th in the country in holding off offensive rebound, second chance opportunities, man. So that that's going to be a good battle there. I don't think Villanova's seen too many teams with uh, the height and athleticism and the rebounding uh, capability that Michigan has uh, on the glass here. So I think Michigan out of the two three would have a pretty good job, uh, pretty good chance of grabbing rebounds and ending possessions there if they were to implore it. Yeah, I totally agree. And and one thing too about Villanova this season, like. They're a really good team. You know, they're two seed for a reason. They just won the, the Big East tournament. Um, and the thing is, though, that, that, that Villanova team in 2018, that was a team that just seemed unbeatable. Like, their closest game in the tournament was 12 points. Um, it, was, it was absurd. But this Villanova team, they're susceptible. You know, like, they're a beatable team. We saw Ohio State, a team – that Michigan just be on the road. Dude, I mean, Ohio State, them, it was a two-point game late in that game. I was thinking we could be seeing Michigan, Ohio State with the Elite Eight on the line, which I don't know if my heart could have handled that. So I'm honestly glad Villanova won. But this this Villanova team is susceptible, man. They're, they're a beatable team for sure. Thank God they don't have Dante DiVincenzo, man. I still oh see God. that guy in my nightmares. Same. He, he's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Uh, and, and the biggest thing is going to be overcoming their experience too, dude. I mean, you look at uh, their most used lineup, Gillespie, Daniels, Justin Moore, Brandon Slater, and uh, Jermaine Samuels. Uh, Gillespie is a senior. Daniels is a senior. Moore is a junior. Slater's a senior. Samuels is a senior. This is an incredibly experienced team yeah. that's been playing under Jay Wright for a lot of years. Like, that's really 
at the end of the day, they're a very smart basketball team. They're a very disciplined basketball team. And fundamentally, like when you just watch these guys, and and it's something I noticed, and it was something so trivial, right? It, it almost sounds so stupid to say, but there were a couple of times where they got the ball that Villanova, the player looked like it was stuck, caught in a weird spot, like kind of right below the elbow, just outside of the lane. And twice, I remember just them pivoting precisely uh, until something opened up. One time, uh, the pivot opened to a wide-open layup. One was a kickout for a three-point attempt. I I can't remember if it was uh, a made basket or not, but is something just so stupid like that, like pivoting? Yeah, okay, like everyone pivots. But it was just something watching it that and knowing that they use it and they practice it, and when they do it, it's just seems more effective than what a lot of other people use the pivot. Like, there's just something about this way that the way this Villanova team plays that w- when you see that, they're always jump stopping, they're working on their jump stops. You're probably not going to take a lot of charges on this team due to that. They're very, very fundamentally sound. Yeah, dude, they are. I mean, when you've got a coach like Jay Wright, he's been, you know, he's been here before. He's won a couple national championships. And then you've got all of those seniors, dude. I mean, they they know what it takes to have a run in March. They know what it takes to to go and and get to the final four. They know how to win these games. Um, And really the experience is something, I mean, yeah, Brooks, he's been on these runs. Hunt was on the run last year, Um, but Michigan, they don't, they don't have that experience that that Villanova has. So they they certainly have the edge there. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you you, you pretty much have Eli Brooks, Uh, Devontae Jones. uh, He's a senior, but this is his first NCAA tournament. We're not even going to, we're not even sure how much we're going to see of him, if anything at all. Uh, coming up on Thursday, and then you've got Frank, who's a true freshman. Like a lot of inexperience on this team, but they're they've grown up quick. I, I got to give have. them that, right? They have, dude. I mean, the the growth that we have seen this season. I mean, this team that we've seen that we saw last weekend compared to the team that we're seeing in November. I mean, that really is incredible. I mean, I was thinking, I really thought there was no chance Michigan was making the tournament for a while. And they grew up quick, and another Sweet 16 team. Yeah, and, well, if next week we're talking about Michigan in the Final Four, mm-hmm. uh, it will have been earned, to say yes. the least, after uh, knocking out uh, the three-seed and top-ten Ken Palm team uh, in Tennessee. If they make it to the Final Four, they will have beaten the two-seed and currently ranked 11th team, according to Ken Palm, Villanova, and either the five seed Houston, who is second ranked by Ken Palm, or the one seed who is third ranked by Ken Palm, Arizona, one one of Houston or Arizona. So if Michigan is headed to the Final Four, Scotty, it will be one of the most well-earned trips to the Final Four that's probably done in recent tournament history. Yeah, dude, that is a that is a hell of a lineup to get through, uh, especially as an eleven seed. And you look at some of these other regions um, and there's a lot of, you know, higher seeds, the eight versus the fours, the one seed's gone. You know, UNC took down Baylor. We got a 10 seed versus an 11 seed in the Sweet 16 game. It's been a crazy tournament, um, but Michigan's Michigan's not getting, obviously we have a 15 seed, 16. Um, Michigan's not getting any freebies though. It's going to be tough game after tough game. Um, and man, it's it's just crazy to think about that a week from now, we're either going to be talking about Michigan in the Final Four or the season over. It's just crazy. 
And you know what's kind of crazy as well? Is I think Michigan, if they play their best, I honestly think they could pull it off. I think they're talented enough to beat any of those teams. It's finding the consistency to play two games back-to-back that well for a second weekend in a row. Yeah, dude, it, it really is. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I've said a million times, man, they when they play a certain way, I, I like how Michigan stacks up against anybody. And really, if they play Arizona, yeah, Arizona got the best of Michigan back in November. Um, they won by 18. But I mean, even when Michigan was not, they were not a good basketball team at that time. And, and they, they hung with, with Arizona for a while in that game too. Um, the first half was close, kind of, you know, Arizona pulled away in the second half. Um, but dude, I don't, I'm not afraid of Michigan playing against Arizona. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. We'll see if they can get through it Thursday, survive in advance. And I'm looking forward to it. Should be a great matchup regardless between Michigan and Villanova at the end of the day. I'm just expecting a great game, man. I really think it's going to be a great game. Dude, I mean, all of these games in this tournament are coming down to the wire. Um, I mean, it's it's been fun. That TCU-Arizona game, that was awesome. Um, so you can only expect the same thing to happen this week. My heart can't take it, I don't think, too much longer. Oh, though. God, dude. It is so <laughs> hard. It is, like, a, really a bad it's, – it's, it's those games where I'm, like – I don't even enjoy watching the game, honestly. Like, You're just like relieved when Michigan wins somehow, exactly. you know? Exactly. Like that's the best feeling, but watching the game is just like painful. Yeah. All right, Scotty, where can we find you on social media, my man? You guys can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can give me a follow at Scotty White underscore, obviously covering the basketball team right now and the baseball team. Um, and we got some spring football coverage coming up too, and I'll be uh, working on that. So, yeah, you guys can give me a follow there. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. You can follow the Brewcast Show page as well uh, at Brewcast Show and, of course, the main Maze and Brew page at Maze and Brew. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. We have plenty of them here for Maze and Brew to get you through the week, a, a little something pretty much every day, uh, you know, whether it's football recruiting, talking some basketball right now, Blue by 90, man. We've got it all here at Maze and Brew. So subscribe. So make sure you don't miss any shows. Please rate us. Uh, you know, we love five-star reviews. And, uh, you know, we, we love the five-star ratings as well. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page as well. Go check out Blue by 90's latest podcast on the YouTube page where they talked with Terrence Williams. So go give that uh, a subscription at YouTube under Maze in Brew. That's going to do it for us here tonight on Brewcast. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.